Welcome to the Bold and Courageous Podcast with me, your host, Frances Robin. It is so good to be with you today. Um, I just want to get right and dive right on in today because I've been thinking about this stuff for um, about a few days now. The other day, last week at work, I um, had a conversation and I just... Uh, didn't expect it to go the way that it did, but it got so intensely deep and it was so amazing. And I knew I wanted to come and share it with you. So the Bold and Courageous podcast, let me remind you, is to walk out stories and experiences that women have experienced in real life. And a lot of times we're going to use examples from the Bible and just in our everyday life and a relationship with each other where we'll discuss um, things that are just uh, important to us that we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And, um, if you know anything about me, I'll give you a brief introduction. I just have a passion to speak for marginalized populations and be a voice for women to get you to a place where you could awaken that inner warrior with you within you. So the Bold and Courageous podcast is just a platform to help you share your experiences so that we can walk it out together. But really today, I really just want to come and talk to you about this conversation that started just randomly. Um, and last podcast, I was talking about trust and I was talking about where trust tends to be broken and where we could go back in our life experiences to identify where that happens. And I touched on two areas. One was usually in childhood. And then the other is in like, um, intimate relationships, uh, whether it's in a, a marriage relationship, a dating relationship, an engagement relationship, or a close friendship relationship. Um, so the, the trust gets tends to become really challenged in those two areas that I focused on in our last, po- last podcast. So today, I want to talk about this little nugget, right? And it came out of um, just a conversation about how parents could be a part of the pattern of destruction that's learned in childhood and how it's carried out into not only adulthood, but like generations down the road. And um, today I actually want to use a reference from the Bible. And a friend of and I, we were talking um, initially it started out with me talking to our two young interns in the office. And then I, I was so moved by the conversation. I picked it up with another friend and I started the conversation by saying, uh, you know what? Parents have to be very careful with how they model what they live and do in front of their kids or what they teach their children to do intentionally that has generational repercussions. And today the example is coming from none other than Jacob and his wife. I'm sorry, then Isaac and his wife, Rebecca. So if you remember really quickly, Isaac is the son of Abraham, right? This, this relationship is so very saucy and could be borderline salacious as you go down through the generation. But Isaac is the son of promise. He's the son that God promised that Abraham and Sarah that they would have. So Isaac and Rebecca, and we'll go back in another podcast to talk about that. Rebecca, um, couldn't have children, And she eventually became pregnant through prayer and interceding by herself and her husband to the Lord to to bless her womb. And so at the time of the womb blessing, two babies were given to her. Um, She had a set of twin boys and they gave birth to um, their sons, Jacob and Esau. Now listen, Jacob and Esau were 
twins. They certainly were not identical. The Bible talked about that she carried two nations in her womb. So, but we'll come back to that. I really want to talk about the part where parents have to be very careful how their influence in their children's life could have lasting consequences that could be in the now and carried on through generations. So I want to fast forward to, they had twin boys, Jacob and Esau. So I said this and people were like, Ooh. so Jacob, as they grew the way it was described, Jacob was more of a homebody. Like he liked being with his mom. And so someone could like infer that he was sort of a mama's boy. Esau, as he was described, was outdoorsy, rough and tumble, a boy's boy, a man's man. And his father, um, Jacob, tend to like Esau more than um, he liked uh Esau liked, um, I'm sorry, Isaac liked Esau more than um, Jacob because Jacob was more like his mother's son and Esau was more like his father's son. He liked his son being outdoorsy and like how he captured and uh, animals and hunt and brought home the kill. So uh, uh, Isaac loved that about his son Esau. So what I want to share with you, um, just get to it right now, right quick. Because Rebecca spent quite a bit of time in her family prior to getting married to Isaac, there were things that she learned. And we could talk about that in another, in a following podcast. But some of the things that she learned, she impressed upon her son who, you know, spent a lot of time with her and was very influenced by the things that she carried on and displayed for him. So fast forward, um, Esau was very careless with his birthright, very careless with his firstborn role. And he just was just really callous about it. So it's really quick. He was outdoors hunting and, you know, finding food. And he came home one day and he was really hungry. And he was like, I'm famished to the point of death. And Jacob, who had been a homebody, was learning to cook by watching his mom cook this super soup. And Esau was like, oh, give me from your soup or I'll die. And Jacob was like, okay, I'll give you from my soup. But, you know, you have to give me a birthright, which means if Esau gave Jacob his birthright that put Jacob in the firstborn role where he wasn't the firstborn. Esau was the firstborn. Esau was like, oh, okay, I'm going to give you my my for my birthright because I'm too hungry and I if what good is the birthright to me if I'm dead? So Jacob's like, okay, you can have my soup. I'm now in your firstborn position. Esau very carelessly, carelessly gave it to Jacob. But Jacob was learning to be devious. He was learning to be deceitful and he was being taught that by none other than his mom. So fast forward, um, their father Isaac is getting old and he's going blind. And they know that part of the tradition is that the, the father gives blessings to his son and it's passed on. And he literally blesses them into the role as they go into adulthood. And so um, Esau blesses um, Jacob, but not with intention. So this is what happens real quick. Um, I'm sorry. Isaac blesses Jacob, but not intentionally because he was tricked into it. So Isaac was home. Esau, his favorite son, was out in the field. And um, his wife had overheard that. He said, you know, I'm getting old and it's my eyes are dimming and I can't see. I'm going blind. I'm almost blind I'm to the point where I really can't tell the difference in anything that I'm seeing. So I need to start blessing my sons now because I'm becoming very aware of my mortality. So his wife overhearing him say that when Esau went out into the field to do the hunting, Rebecca was like, oh my gosh, Jacob, your dad is about to bless Esau today. And if 
Esau gets the blessing. You're going to be forever under him. And he's going to, you know, have the, the, the position that you desire to have that I've been grooming you to have. So why don't we come up with this plan? So she's like, here, um, I need you to go in, in your father's room while Esau is out to get the blessing. So Jacob's like, mom, you know, I am not built like Esau. Dad will immediately know that that's not Esau he's talking to. And his mom is like, I have a plan. Put on this hairy coat because Esau is described as very hairy and Jacob is described as very smooth. So his mom is like, put on this hairy coat. I will tell you what to say. I'm adding that. It's not in the Bible, but I'm assuming that as a parent teaching her child to be um, deceitful, she's like, I will groom you with the words to say. And so go in. Your father really can't see you. He won't know the difference. And go in and say, dad, I'm here for my blessing. So Jacob did as his mother told him to do. She goes, he goes into his dad's room and he said, dad, I'm here for my blessing. It's me, your son Esau. Well, the dad who knows Esau is his favorite because I am presuming that Esau is a very buffed, you know, very muscular, very lean, strong, Jacob, very smooth, you know, modeling a more metropolitan look with lean, well, with, with relaxed muscles. And so he goes in and he's like, dad, I'm here for my blessing. And, um, Isaac says, well, um, you don't sound like my son Esau. And Jacob said, well, it's, it is I, um, I'm here with your favorite soup and, um, I'm here for my blessing. So Isaac like, wow, you went out to do the hunting. You typically don't come back that fast, but that was really cool. That's that was fast. How did you do that? And Jacob smooth talks his way and said, okay, dad, here's the soup. Um, now I'm ready for my blessing. So Isaac being very suspicious of what is being presented in front of him because it's the, he's, he knows his son's voice, both of them, and the son's voice that's been that's speaking to him is the voice of Jacob, but he cannot see. And so he said, come closer. I just want to make sure that you are indeed my son Esau. So Jacob goes closer, and Isaac touches and smooths over, and he touches um, over Jacob's body, but Jacob's mom prepped him for that because she knew it was coming. She knows her husband. And so when Isaac touches Jacob's skin, it's very hairy because the mom put the coat on it. And Isaac says, well, the voice is that of Jacob, but the skin is that of Esau. So hmm, I'm a little suspicious, but if you are who you say you are, then I'm going to believe, you know, I've done the best that I could in vetting who you really are. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the blessing. So Isaac goes ahead and he blesses Jacob and he gives Jacob an entire blessing, all of his blessing. And I know I've kind of run through the, the part of getting to here, but the point I want to make and underscore are two things. Parents, you play a significant role in the way you teach your kids, in the way you model your kids, in the way you instruct them. And the impact could be the impact that could have in the now and generation down the road. Two things. So Isaac and Rebecca couldn't have children. When they finally have children, this is what the parents th did. Isaac chose one boy as his favorite. Rebecca chooses the other as her favorite. Right there, friends. Favoritism in parenting does not work. 
It pits children against each other. It creates enormous conflict in the household. On top of the fact, it creates ultimate distrust. So that's the one thing I want to highlight. And we could talk about that in the follow because some of you may have been children in a home. You are now adults, but some of you may have been in a home where you were a child and your parents had favorites and the result has left you maybe bitter. Some of you may have already worked through this because God has been so good to you and you've relied and trusted him so well that you have grown beyond what could have been to be a healthy adult. So now you've mended relationships with your siblings. That is just amazing. And to God be the glory and blessings on you and your continued relationship with your family and your siblings. What I'm pointing out here did not happen that way, at least not immediately. Point number two, Rebecca taught Jacob to lie, to be deceitful, to be tricky, And I know a lot of times when I've heard and read about Jacob, the impression that I have read from studies and speakers that I've listened to always describe him as a deceiver, which he actually is a deceiver, but he was taught by a parent to deceive. And so I'm going to say when his mom taught him to deceive his father, he may have been a younger, maybe not even in an adult role yet, but maybe a younger person. And I have to verify that. But she taught him how to be deceitful. And that deceit follows him generations down the road. And I'm going to talk to you about that. So, But my point I want to make right now is be careful how you parent your children because it will have lasting consequences. The first issue I want to talk again, they could not have children. They went through a period where they could not have children. And when they actually did have children, when God blessed them with children, twins, they were given a double blessing, a double portion twins in the first go round. One parent choose one as chose one as a favorite. The other parent chose the other as a favorite. It created division in the household. And because of the division, one parent was going to follow the tradition of blessing the older one down and blessing him to carry on traditions of the family. The other taught the youngest to be deceitful and to steal. And he already had, um, spoiled bratty ways about him anyways, because Jacob literally took his brother's birthright. I don't have backstory on whether his mom modeled that for him, but there's evidence that he had seeds of deceit already planted in him that got magnified by a parent who taught, thought it best to have that even further magnified by teaching him how to further be a deceptive person. So two points, parents, Please pay very careful attention to the blessings that you've been given in the form of your children. Pay attention to the role that you've been blessed with to be in authority in as a parent. And two, the consequence of your action that you model before your your children and what you teach them could have definitely immediate um, negative consequences and consequences generation down the road. So I just want to close today in prayer and we could totally pick up aspects of this, uh, at a later date, but 
it's very, it was, this is the discussion that came out of, um, a conversation in, with two of our interns in the office and later with a friend. So, um, I, I, uh, encourage you if you want to continue the discussion go to our website at awakeningthewarriors.com and click on the podcast and you are welcome to make comments there and engage in a discussion on a larger community scale you're always encouraged to write at me at francis.robin at gmail.com and you are always encouraged to actually there's a study that I've written around this it's the wholeness and restoration study please visit the website and download an e-copy this study is actually not designed for you to do it by yourself you are actually supposed to be in a group and then I'll put some information on how groups that are forming or maybe we could do an online group but if you want to download an e-copy just to read through again it's not encouraged that you do it by yourself it's encouraged for you to do it in a group just read through it. Just read through the um, the outline and the summary of it. There's an accompanying workbook, so uh, you're encouraged to do it that way. But let's just commit to together taking steps to, especially from the examples that we get in the Bible, to be careful how we model parenting in front of our kids and what we teach our kids that could have lasting consequences. Some in the immediate uh, timeframes and some way down the road, generational, down, generationally down the road. And we could talk about that. So there, God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you thanking you and, and I'm just, um, praising you for the opportunity to be in this space, in this moment, in this time to minister and to speak to the women who are um, just in need of encouragement, in need of your love, in need of your blessing, in need of just wrapping your arms around them in the blanket of your safety and security. Lord God, to the women who have been hurt, particularly by parents, unbeknownst to the parents or intentionally by the parents or by other family members, Lord God, I pray for healing. I pray for peace. I pray for holy, being wholly restored. And Lord God, I ask right now that we just be able to support and walk and uh, walk and support each other out through this time, Lord God, for healing to take place. Lord God, for the women who are at the sound of my voice, whose relationships are being impacted because of hurts experienced by family members or by parents in, in their youth. Lord God, I pray that as we navigate this together, that you expose the hurts and you provide opportunities for healing to take place. And Lord God, if anyone that is in need of immediate help right now, Lord, meet them where they are. I pray that you send someone who could um, just stand in the gap for them right now. And Lord God, I pray that um, in, in, if anyone is in danger, Lord God, that they seek immediate help and go, um, and just to seek to get out of abusive or dangerous situations. Lord God, just be with each and every one of us. Guide and bless us and encourage our hearts as, until we meet again, until we come in contact with someone who could encourage us in the moment where we need encouragement. I bless you and I worship you and I thank you for your goodness. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. See you next time, friends. In the meantime, go on the Facebook and click on Awakening the Warriors and follow us and join a wonderful network of women there and or go to the website, awakeningthewarriors.com. There you can get access to all our information. And if you're interested in having me come out at any time to speak to any of your groups or um, to invite me just to share uh, information about the study that I mentioned earlier, go to francisrobin.com and click on book me and then we could take the conversation from there. Be blessed, my friends. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs>